It's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, it's a deck cast. D A C C C A S T, cause I say it, it's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, deck cast. D A C C C A S T, D A C C C A S T. You're listening to Deck Cast, produced by students of Danville Area Community College. And now your hosts, Kaya and Keegan. Yo, 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 it's Kaya and Keegan here from the basement of the Clock Tower. Here on DACcast, we get to know the familiar faces we see on campus in hopes that students at DAC and members of the community get to know each other a little better. With that being said, we are here with the Athletic Director of Danville Area Community College, Tim Bunton. How are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. great. Glad cool. to have you here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, so introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us your role here at DAC. What exactly do you do? Tim Bunton, Athletic Director here at DAC. Um, been here since year 26, so wow. um, it's been a great place to work and... Uh, yeah, so it's it's nice to be on with you guys. Gotcha. I personally don't know what an athletic director's day looks like. So I don't either. <laughs> you don't? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> um, it, that's the great thing about it, to be honest with you, that you don't know different things. I just got off a meeting with other league ADs this morning um, talking about COVID issues and protocols and trying to get fans back in the stands and um, umpires and assigners and fees and different sports. Um, so it, it, you don't really have a routine. It's just something new every day. But um, it's making sure um, all of our sports are um, lined up, ready to go every day. And that includes being in line with the national office guidelines, eligibility rules, kids in class, making sure they're in 12 hours. Um, could go on and on, but it's what's also great about it too, because it's not the same routine every day. Yeah. Yeah. So you work with all the sports at DAC, right? Just kind of oversee them. I mean, I think we've let our coaches coach. That's why we hire them. They run their teams. But yes, I, I work with all the sports that we have, basketball, softball, baseball, golf, men and women, and cross country. So um, yeah, it's it's travel issues. It's making sure schedules, officials are paid. But yes, we work with all of them. And so you saw when DAC um, got their golf. What do you call it? Yes, I was there golf when we let it go it and like... was there when we brought it back. And it yeah. was very disappointing when it was let go. It's our longest, um, one of the longest sports in the history of the school. We played back in the 60s, so it was very sad to see it go when it did, but was very thrilled to bring it back because it belongs here on campus. Along with the women's golf, it was great to add a new program as well. So how long was it gone for? Uh, now you're testing me. Probably four or five <laughs> years, somewhere in that years. range. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a difficult time, but uh, extremely excited that it's back. Yeah. yeah. Did you think it kind of surprised you how many people were wanting to be on the team? or To be on the team? Yeah. Like, uh, since it was gone, it went away. You know, well, it was always an interest with golf in the area, so that didn't yeah. surprise me. But um, it probably surprised me that the disappointment of people that it did go away. But mm-hmm. it was um, just, again, really nice that it's back because yeah. it, it belongs in our department and school. Yeah. 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 So what is your goal for a DAC athlete when they step on campus? What is your role with them? To get a degree. My role or the goal? I mean, the, the role is just make sure our coaches are making sure they're in class and push them in their particular sport to make them better because most of them 
Um, as Keegan knows, being a baseball player, they want to come in here, they want to get their education, but they also want to compete at the highest level possible at the sport they're participating in. So you try to hire coaches that um, have the same goals as the kids, and I think we've done that with the basketballs. we got uh, Coach Gerard from Loyola. We've got Coach Harris from Niagara. We've got softball from University of Illinois and Coach Cervantes. Yeah. Coach Hicks is from Quincy University. So our coaches have had the experience that we want these kids to go through. But the goal is to get an education, first yeah. and foremost. And um, I think a lot of the kids that come here um, have the aspirations and are probably looking to go to a higher level school. That's why they're here. Uh, maybe they haven't gotten the attention they thought they should have received coming out of high school, where I think this gives them another avenue to go still reach their highest potential athletic-wise and, and get uh, – playing time and drill work and an education in a smaller atmosphere. Gotcha. Okay, so shifting gears, getting into your background, you graduated from Missouri State, yes. correct? So take us through your time there as a student and as an athlete. Yeah, it was great. Um, went there, um, walked on at Missouri State Baseball. I had an older brother that had gone there, so I was aware of the program, but I love Springfield, Missouri. Um, redshirted one year, so I was a player, part of that for five years. And then after graduation, I jumped on the coaching staff there as a student assistant, grad assistant, whatever you deem it. Um, and it was wonderful. It was it was ten years in that program. Um, it's uh, it's probably why I'm here today. I always knew I wanted to coach. Um, and Coach Keith Gutton, who is still there, it's he's in his 39th year there now. So um, was a big influence on me and probably helped me get here. So. Gotcha. Just a great place to go to school and compete in athletics. And you led the Danville Dans for a long time, didn't you? Seven summers. Um, that's how I came to Danville. Was I was a volunteer, a grad assistant at Missouri State. And coach one day at practice said there's a job in Danville open. I didn't know where Danville was. <laughs> but as um, most people. <laughs> looked into it. And, yeah, that's how I came to Danville was to do the Danville Dans. Gotcha. So – you started the program from scratch. There wasn't a baseball team on campus, correct? It had been dropped in 82. The wow. school had had baseball okay. um, from like 68, 67 to 82, and it was dropped. And then they brought it back in the fall of 95. Okay. Wow. So I got to, yeah, it was a 13 to 14-year layoff. So what was that like trying to get it up and running again? It was crazy. It was fun. It was hectic. It was uh, nerve-wracking. It was. I was still in Springfield. We were actually at a... a regional in Fresno, California. We had made a regional in 95. So um, that was May of 95. So I was trying to put together a team when they hired me in May of 95 to get, you know, 20 players in here by August. Yeah. Well, that was pretty hard when you weren't there. And then I had the Dan's on top of it. So I didn't have any nights to go out and recruit and physically see kids. So it was a lot of phone conversations of people I knew um, through the game, and we had, I think, 18 or 19 players on that first team, and um, we weren't very good. I think we won 14 games. We're 14 and 29, but it's still one of my favorite groups of people to this day. I mm -hmm. mean, they laid the foundation for, um, I think, a program that goes about it the right way and did it the right way, and we didn't win a lot of games, but, boy, those kids competed, mm -hmm. and um, it was a fun group to be around. Still stay in touch with a lot of those kids. Gotcha. So looking back from now to when you first started? I mean, does that bring any emotions to see 
you know, how much that's developed in so many years. Yeah, and it's been, I've been blessed that the schools allowed us and allowed me to do that. But yeah. to see the kids move on to a four-year school um, and come in, you know, having goals and, and then when they go succeed with those. And it's not even about playing for me. It's about, you, you, they're so different, and Keegan can attest to this, when they come in as freshmen to when they leave as sophomores. I, I always say they're they're kids when they come in and they're young men when they leave. And it's just the way they go about their everyday life with school, with, you know, they, they say as freshmen that I studied for three hours in the library last night. Well, they really didn't. They may have gone to the library for three <laughs> hours, but they didn't study to. Now they get in as sophomores knowing that they want to move on to a four-year school and just how they go about their everyday life is is really neat. Okay, so this was a question that Keegan and I had discussed as well, yeah, as well as our re- our source yes. of information. Yes. Um, <laughs> the question is, who is the most famous person you know or have coached? Um, so you coached, you've got a coached with, or you coached them personally, or? Well, it's it's probably Bill Miller is the answer. Um, That's what Andy okay. told us. I, Bill Miller won a World Series with the Boston Red Sox, was the starting third baseman. So oh, wow. I was a fifth-year senior playing second base, and he was a freshman playing third base. So we played together on the same team in the spring of 1990. And then when I was done playing, I jumped on the coaching staff. So I had the privilege of coaching the infielders, and he was still a player for three more years. Um yeah, a wonderful player, wonderful guy. Still stay in touch with him, and um, that's probably the biggest one I know. Yeah. Any, so, any uh, other ones? Maybe? A special shout-out to Coach Hicks. You oh. didn't get to know Kiermaier very well. <laughs> <laughs> I think Coach Hicks knew Kiermaier better than me. Um, yeah, a really good player. Yeah, just, I think that ball's still going. Yeah, just know. a little backstory. Uh, Clayton Hicks, who's the head coach on the baseball team now, who played at DAC, Face Kevin Kiermeyer, who's now playing for the Rays, I believe. Yes, Correct. The Rays, and he hit just an absolute bomb off of Coach Hicks, and Coach Button still gives him like <laughs> scuff about it today. It so. still hasn't landed. Yeah, the ball <laughs> still hasn't landed. It's been ten years, probably. Probably around it's, that it's time. It's probably in orbit now. Okay. And but so, let me give Coach Hicks a little credit. <laughs> Highly competitive guy that, yeah. that could pitch. Yeah, gotcha. Made a mistake, and Kiermaier hit it. <laughs> He's never, he's never going to live down that no, mistake. No, he won't. <laughs> okay, and so you said you were a fifth year, and that was in college, right? Yes. And not high school. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I went five yeah, to exactly. high school, Yeah, exactly. How was high school for you? Um, so that was in the St. Louis area? That was in Springfield, Missouri. I'm from the St. Louis area, but that was three hours southwest in uh, Springfield. Okay. And how was your time there? In Springfield? Yeah. It was great. Um yeah, we. My wife. That's where I met my wife. She went to school there too. So, um, we love Springfield. Do you have a backstory on how you met your wife? We have a backstory. But... Yeah, um, <laughs> I was in charge of the Batgirls, and she was a Batgirl. Yeah, <laughs> that's the backstory. No, she she uh, became a Batgirl, and then a couple years after she was done, I ran into her. And that's how we uh, met again. Did I hear time. you had to interview her? I did position? have to interview her. <laughs> I didn't know that at the time as a player. I knew we had Batgirls. I didn't know how they came about being a Batgirl. And yeah. then I was done playing, and um, the coaches told me that I was in charge of the Batgirls now, and I didn't know what I was doing. And then they told <laughs> me, so we had to do interviews. 
Wait, what does an interview look like for a back just, it just sit down and ask why you're interested in being a back girl. Really? <laughs> it was pretty informal. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. If they wanted to be a back girl, they were a back girl. Okay, that makes sense. And then you also have a background in golf? Um, not a lot. More of a, I, I mean, I play, play golf. golf. Yeah, I used to play golf all the time. I don't play as much anymore due to just kids and yeah. <laughs> um, don't love it as much as I used to. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy playing. There's no doubt. Yeah, you played that for a while? I did. So I played golf in high school and it's, it's a mental challenge. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think that's why I don't play anymore because I was just so aggravated with the sport. <laughs> it can drive you crazy. Yeah. 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 I, I can't see playing it for like a majority of my life. I think that that would just cause a lot of anger issues. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> it is fun to go play. Yeah. yeah. I don't take it as serious as I used to. used to take it real serious and want to shoot the best score and get mad, and I that those days are over. I realized it was never going to happen. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we heard that you had six siblings, or you six, have six I do siblings. have six brothers and sisters, okay. yes. And. Also, that it was a huge sports family and everyone was involved in sports. We were. Um, it was just the way our family was. My dad was involved in youth sports, um, you know, as president of football and Little League Baseball. And mm-hmm. so we were always running around with them. But, yeah, it was, it was something that was important to us. And um, we were always on the go to a game. Yeah, I was going to say, break down, a, break down a weekly schedule for us. <laughs> What's funny is schedule, parents. that was my job. I'm, I'm right in the middle, so I was in charge of producing a calendar with a <laughs> poster board and making the calendar, and I'd write all the kids' That's schedules, awesome. so and we put it on the refrigerator. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know how my mom and dad did it with seven of us playing. Yeah. That's I think insane. at one time my mom took a picture in the summer – there were 10 teams that we were playing on because two of my brothers were playing on two teams. So wow. she had a picture of all the jerseys hanging. <laughs> it was laundry for her, <laughs> keeping those clean. I can only imagine. So was it then when you're scheduling games for your family that you realized as the middle child, you're like, I think I could be an athletic yeah, director. Exactly. You know, I, I, I never, do this for a living. I never had a goal of being an athletic director. I really didn't. I, I wanted to coach. I knew that. Um, it just kind of presented itself down this avenue. It was... Um, I thought I was going to go be the next biggest coach in the country and go as high as I could. And mm-hmm. then I realized when I got here, I I just loved it here. And this was the level for me. It was yeah. a way to impact young people and still move them on and get to places that, you know, maybe I had had an opportunity to be. And it, I wasn't at the highest level by any means, but just to um, fulfill their goals that way. Yeah. So how long after you took the job did you also get the director job? Oh, goodness. It's been, yeah, I didn't. I, I was a stipend coach here part time. I yeah. substitute taught. I did lessons. I taught weightlifting at six o'clock in the morning. I did anything <laughs> I could to supplement income to allow me to coach here. So mm-hmm. the head coaching position here was just a part time position. Okay. So um, I think I became full time in the department three or four years into it. Okay. And then Coach Spasia, who was the athletic director here for a long time, I think left in 06, 07 is when I took over. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I was here the longest, and I was the only dummy left, I guess. To take it. <laughs> Just shoved you into the position. So do you want this? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, and then a crazy story. So you worked security for the St. Louis Rams? I did. Where are you guys getting all this information? That was the one that oh, I was everywhere. Mad if I forgot to tell you. I did. Um... One of my best friends growing up since I was probably age six or seven was head of security for the St. Louis Rams. So um, 
I knew that when he was in that position, but he called me on like a Wednesday, and I think it was 2012. And I said, hey, what's going on, Steve? And he just says, don't ask me any questions. You're coming into St. Louis, and you're going to Cleveland with us. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I need an extra security guard or security person to go with us to Cleveland. We're playing the Browns this week. And I said, you want me to be a security person (laughs) for the NFL? And he said, that's a question. I told you not to ask me any questions. So I said, well, I have to ask my wife. I asked Mary Ellen. The boys were younger, and you know they were fired up. Oh, you got to go. So oh. I did. I went into St. Louis and flew with them to um, Cleveland and did a security-type position, and then I did it for probably a year and a half. Um, really? Which it was a blast. I got to go to London with them. Yeah. So when they played the Patriots and Tom Brady in London, I made mm-hmm. that trip. was over there a week. Wow. Um, it's not security like you think. I wasn't protecting Sam Bradford or Stephen Jackson. Yeah, I was going to ask you. It Were was, you like protecting the bathroom stalls or something? Uh, a lot of it is hotel stuff. It was yeah. just protecting the floors, making sure uh, nobody got on that floor that wasn't supposed to be. It was um, TSA certified. You would wind the players before you left Ooh. and you'd board the airplane. So it was, um, yeah. And then on game day, when the game started, you had some freedom, but it was getting buses prepared that they were in and just making sure areas were secure more than anything. It was fun. It was a lot of time. Um, the funny story I tell is I worked Monday night football in Seattle. I took Monday off work from here. <laughs> I went in Saturday to fly out because I always flew two days ahead when they flew west. And um, the game Monday night took place. Got everything landed in St. Louis at 4. Drove straight from St. Louis to my office here at Mary Miller in the same attire I had on at the game. <laughs> and Coach Carpenter, our men's basketball coach at the time, when I walked in the office, he goes, weren't you in Seattle last night? I said, yeah, and I was in the same. But I didn't take Tuesday off work, so I needed to be there by 8 a.m., and I was. Wait, did this just happen once, or did this happen? Uh, That was once with that scenario, Monday Night Football. But Okay, um, so how often did you do this? Just road games for them whenever I could. I mean, I got to go to Cleveland, Seattle, Dallas, Miami, um, different places. pretty cool. So... Um, my good friend Brian Henskin, who works here on campus, um, did it with me. So, and he did it longer than I did. He he kept doing it after I was done. It was just a lot of travel yeah. in terms yeah. of driving to St. Louis and then getting back so late and yeah. trying to run a baseball team. And it wasn't yeah. fair to them that I was gone sometimes. But yeah. it was a cool experience. I mean, I I, I, I love that I had the opportunity to do a it. A year and a half is quite a bit of time for that too. Yeah. yeah, a year and a half means just whenever they were on the road, I went in. I wasn't with them. You know, I didn't yeah. really work for them. I just mm-hmm. helped a friend out. Okay. Is that how you met Brian? No, Brian and Laura Henske and I go back when we first came um, in 95, when um, I was back then. Gotcha. So going back, when you talked about how you got to Danville and you just realized you fell in love with it, what was it about the town and the area that made you really fall in love with yeah, it? Yeah, I don't, it just grows on you. It's just a neat town. It's some's good, some's bad. Everybody knows everybody in one way or another, which is good and bad. But mm-hmm. it's just, um, I don't know, the people cared about you. They cared about what you were doing. It was, there's no traffic. It just, you know, I, I growing up in St. Louis and it's not a huge LA or New York, but it was just different. It was more a pace that I wanted to uh, to deal with. And Mary Ellen loved it, too, and her job. And so it was something that we felt it was a good place to raise a family. Mm-hmm. 
So speak on that and her role in the Danville community. Yeah, she's the curriculum coordinator now for District 118. So, uh, but she did, she started as a teacher, you know, just teaching kids and has worked her way up to. Um, it's something that she always wanted to do. She misses the classroom dearly. She would, I think, like to be back in the classroom someday. But yeah, she always had a goal to be involved with curriculum in a district, and an opportunity presented itself. I don't know, seven, ten years ago, and she interviewed and. She's been in that position. So, how what does her the past year look like for her? It's crazy, you know, for a lot of people. But it's probably been difficult with that role with all curriculum people across the country. Yeah, um, a lot of Zoom calls. Um, I know when we were quote shut down, the people in those roles were not shut down. Yeah, I mean, it was constant every day, up early on Zoom calls trying to figure it out. And I think everyone's still trying to figure it out. So it's just, um, but at the same time. She loves it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's her passion, and that's what she she always wanted to do. Gotcha. Not in this environment, yeah, but no. there's um, nothing good about this. No. So, <clears throat> 25 years here as head coach for Dax, seven with the Dans, and five with Missouri State. Yes, is that what it is? Well, yeah, five as a coach. Yes. Yes. So you had a lot of experience, and so you handed the ball over to Coach Hicks coming into this season. What was one piece of advice you gave? To Clayton, just be him. Just do it his way. Just he had gone. He's gone out too. Like I gone went out in the summer with the Danville team. He had gone out to Quincy. He had played in Terre Haute. He had been to Hannibal. Um, so he, we all have our own ideas, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all influenced by teachers, coaches, friends, parents, friends, and and you. There may be something you don't like. There's probably stuff he doesn't like that I did. Then don't use it. Learn that you don't like it that yeah. way. Just do it your way. And um, I think that's what he's tried to do. You know, I've tried to stay out of the way, as you probably know. I, I don't <laughs> come around as much, and I do miss it a little, but he just needs to do it the way he wants to do it gotcha. because he's worked for it and he's planned for it. Gotcha. So when you're in the role of head baseball coach or in the role of athletic director, what was one thing – you had to learn the hard way and kind of adjust to that you kind of maybe didn't expect when you started. Yeah, that's a good question. I um, I don't think I realized just being starting at the head coach how much went into it. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to be an assistant on staff as I was at Missouri State, and you show up and you're handed a practice plan, and you have just infielders to work with, and then all of a sudden you're the head person, and it's mm-hmm. just the organization, the prep work. It's it's a good question because when I when I left Missouri State I asked my head coach what's one advice thing of advice you would give me and he just said ten percent of your day is going to be on the field which is what we want to do yeah it's ninety yeah. percent that's the other stuff mm-hmm. so the thing is just you know classes problems kids not going to class the, the practice plan the preparation the the hotels, the meals, the equipment, the right size jersey. It's just that, that stuff was on the fly. But that's also why we go out in the summer leagues to get that. The summer leagues are just two months. They're in the summer. So you, when you're a head coach in the summer, it kind of preps you from those types of things on how you eat, how you mm-hmm. go to the game, are you dressed when you enter the parking lot, just a lot of simple things that you get that experience with the summer positions. Yeah. And that's where I learned a lot was in the summer. Gotcha. So another question. And when you told us that you were leaving, you told us you had a lot of goals for the athletic department. So 
Where do you see DAC athletics five years down the road? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I would love for facilities to improve, and I think you know we're we're working on that um, and just continue to. I'm not a social media person. I'm not on it, but I yeah. think it's something that we've gradually gotten better in the department through work of Coach Cervantes and sports information and and listening to our head coaches. So it's um, just staying up with the times, and that's helped from all of our coaches. But I think the biggest thing is probably trying to stay up with facilities mm-hmm. because we are getting beat in that area a little bit with our league. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so – we heard from Andy that you Sorry are about that. <laughs> um, that you are nearing retirement. Well, I don't know if how close I am. Yeah. I'm just I'm in my fifties, so yeah. Andy was like, he's so old, he yeah. should be getting up there. Um, you know, it'll be what thirty years and three or four years. So yeah, yeah I, I'm not ready for that yet. But no, it's it's. So uh, if I were to ask you, what are your goals after retirement, or what's what's your plans after? this role you're playing now, would you have an answer? Um, I think if I had to give you one, I, I don't, as I stepped away from the game here at DAC, I don't think I'm done with the game. I would love to get back in as an assistant down the road, maybe a volunteer again, helping a four-year school and being an infield coach somewhere. Yeah. It, it was just time for me to step away here. Yeah. It had run its course the voice had been heard, and now it needed a new voice. That was just the way I felt about it. So, yeah. um, but I do love the game, but um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if that's specifically what I would do, but I could see myself getting back into it in an assistant role. Yeah, yeah. Any place where you don't have to drive the vans. So, oh. <laughs> well, you're not, you're, you guys are chartering anyway this year, so it's kind of weird. That's that is one of the reasons I let it go too. Was driving. It was 25 years of driving minibuses and vans, and it's not a fan. It it can wear on you. Yeah, you got a lot of mileage. And um, but we are chartering this year with our teams due to COVID and some other things, which is great. It's kind of weird that I step away and now yeah, exactly. Charter. <laughs> but that's the things I also wanted to do was to to the simple thing of yeah. that. And Keegan can tell you is it's a big thing for these kids, it for is. all athletes. Yeah. Instead of sitting on a minibus where you're cramped, you're on a charter bus. If you have to use the bathroom, there's one on it. It's yeah. it's just it's a it's a nice recruiting tool to have, honestly, that it we is. can tell our athletes coming in that we are gonna charter places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are now going to move on to our rapid fire question segment called Deck Attack. One, two, three, four. I mean, that's it? Blues or cardinals? Blues. Mornings or evenings? Evenings. Baseball or hockey? Baseball. (laughs) Emma or Bruce? Those are his dogs. Yes, he just had to choose between his dogs. That's hard. It is hard. Pitcher or hitter? Hitter. (laughs) Don't Um, deal with pitchers. Larusa or Baruby? Baruby. Summer or winter? Summer. Eat in or dine out? Dine out. Beach or mountains? Beach. Joey or Andy? <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was coming. Yeah, I can't answer that one. <laughs> oh, but you have to. I do? <laughs> nah. <laughs> He's not. Because it'll get back to one of them. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Andy's probably going to be the one that's going to hear this. So now 
<laughs> Joey's not exactly do this podcast. Weigh your audience here, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll. I think he's saying Andy. Not answer that one. <laughs> I think he's saying Andy. Joey and Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, charcoal grill or gas grill? Charcoal. You looked like you were struggling more with that one than yeah. the kids one. <laughs> I love the grill. But I have a gas grill, but I do love charcoal better. But gas just makes more sense. So what is it about grilling that you love? I don't know. I just – I grew up with it. Um, Dad always did it, and it, that was kind of some of our meals. He'd grill a lot of food, and then for the week we'd have it in the fridge. I just – I like being outside. I like having friends over and mm-hmm. like cooking on the grill. He has very famous burgers. They're delicious. I've had them before. Do you have, like, an apron and all? Like, did your I wife don't. get you an apron for Christmas, like, seven years ago? No. Can you believe that? I think, I think I'd have an apron by now. What a shame. I, I don't have an apron. Wow. Or a hat. Nothing? No. no. no Spatula with, like, yeah, the, I have that. like, the iron thingy built in that you can make, like, shapes and logos. No, I don't have that. <laughs> I'm a simple griller. All right. Thank you, Tim, so much for being here. We really appreciated having you. We had a lot of fun. This was fun. I appreciate you guys having me on. I know very little about baseball, so (laughs) you guys did great in this episode. I think we did pretty good. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the DACcast with Kai and Keegan.